Have you ever wondered why it's difficult to give your attention, energy, and take action on what matters the most to you? Or to speak up with clarity from the best part of yourself? If that's you, then you're in the right place. The follow-through formula is dedicated to providing daily inspiration for you to follow through on the real you. Hello again. Thanks so much for tuning into the Follow Through Formula podcast. If you're back from a previous listening to another episode, thank you for returning. And if you're just stumbling into this episode of the Follow Through Formula as your first listen, just to catch you up to speed, I've committed to recording one podcast a day for 21 days as an experiment in follow through. Podcasting is completely new to me. I've started from scratch on episode one, knowing virtually nothing about podcasting. And here I am on episode 15, on my way to completing my commitment to do 21 in a row. Well, it's later again today than I planned for getting to my podcast recording. And the reason it's later is because we got a spontaneous invitation from Uh, our next door neighbors to come over and celebrate their granddaughter's second birthday. And it was too good an invitation to pass up. We went over next door and shared some, uh, some food and barbecue and cake and sang happy birthday to their granddaughter. It was lovely. And I'm struck by after months and months of pretty much just isolation for me and my family, getting to go over in a safe and socially distanced manner and just hang out with a group of wonderful people for good conversation and just good, generous human company was such a joy and such a delight. And being over there after having so much time passed since I've last been in any kind of setting where there's just been a human gathering, where socializing and casual conversation can take place, it was so feeding and so wonderful just to remember, oh man, we need each other as human beings. Now, I've been doing a lot of Zoom, just like the rest of you. But it just ain't the same thing. It's so different when you get to sit in a group of people and a conversation can organically arise and people can laugh and joke and the nuances of of having fun and making comments and following a conversation that takes place in a group can occur. It's just it's a totally different thing. And boy, did I ever enjoy that. So coming home, I actually had to excuse myself from the gathering early because it was getting late and I hadn't even started the podcast yet. So I excused myself to come back and record the podcast. And again, as usual, not knowing what I'm going to talk about, my experience over there reminded me of another story. So this story is about an event that took place around a hockey practice for my son. Now, at this time, we were living in Arizona. We had just moved from Canada, and my son was really into hockey, being Canadian, but there isn't a lot of ice in Arizona. So the way 
uh, hockey takes place in Arizona is on outdoor concrete rinks on inline skates. So he joined up with this recreational hockey league and the kids would get together from time to time just to scrimmage on their own on the outdoor rinks whenever they could. And there was a group of parents who we would stay in touch and confer on good times for the kids. The parents would all come down to the rink, drop their kids off, and most of them would leave while the kids scrimmaged. I never felt so comfortable with that. Hockey is not the most benign of sports, so I kind of like to hang around on the fringe while they're swinging their their big sticks in in the process of play and just kind of be there just in case. At that point in time, I was actually working on my first business book, which is called Seven Rules You Were Born to Break. And I would sit in the car and just work on my writing. Now, I'm, a, I'm an introvert by nature, even though I speak and present on stage for a living. I like quiet time and solitude to myself. I like my creative endeavors. I love to write. So I was sitting in the car happily getting work done while my son was on the rink playing with the other kids. Now, there was one other parental figure who used to stick around for these hockey scrimmages, and that was the grandfather of one of my son's best friends. And this grandfather's name was Doyle, and I spoke to him on a number of occasions. I didn't know him really well, but I I knew a little bit about his background. He uh, had been uh, raised in Oklahoma, and he was the epitome of of a Southern gentleman. He was a very large man, very gentle, and he just had this very doting, loving manner with his grandson and really all the kids. And he just liked to come and hang out and just watch his kids play on the rink. And I was always struck by the impact that this warm, generous elder had on the whole scene by just his willingness and his interest to not go off and do something on his own, but just to sit and give his attention to the kids. And, you know, it strikes me now in talking about the subject of follow through that he was following through on a context for relationship that I think he probably grew up with but having to do with just the value of giving our presence to each other. So he would often come and he would either sit in the bleachers or sit in his pickup truck. He had this orange old Ford pickup truck and he would sometimes sit in his truck or sit in the stands and I would mostly sit in my car and get work done. Doyle was a very, very uh, gregarious talkative gentleman. And if I were to go over and approach him, he would talk and he just had stories. He was just so ready to engage and just so open with his, his company. And, uh, but I just, I just wasn't always up for that. Plus he was a bit hard to understand his accent. His Southern accent was thicker than cough syrup. And I, I often had to work to kind of even make out what he was saying, but I just, he really was a pleasure to be around. So on this one particular day, uh, we went to the rink. I let my son out on, out of the car, got his gear, went onto the rink. They started scrimmaging and I'm sitting in the car working and 
uh, about 50 feet over to my right, Doyle was sitting in his truck. And he was sitting there in the truck, just kind of staring out at the rink, watching the kids. And I'm working away on my book. And as I'm trying to work and just stay focused on my writing, I kept having this feeling or this sense that Doyle's generous presence and his willingness not to occupy himself with other things and just watch the kids was a generosity of spirit that I I felt, I almost felt a little bit ashamed of my own habits of self-reference and just a kind of selfishness about my own time, use of my time. And so he was sitting over there in his truck and it just kept, it kept sort of weighing on me that his follow through in relationship to the presence he provided to the kids really deserved a reciprocal show of interest on the part of somebody else. And I kept kind of trying to ignore that feeling that it would be a good thing for me to follow through on this sense of relationship being of value. I kept trying to go back to my work, but it just, it, it really wouldn't leave me that sense that I, I should just go over and, and just say hi and talk to him. So finally, I put my laptop away. I got out of the car, walked around the back of the car and went over to his truck and his windows were up. And as I said before, he was just sitting in the truck, just looking out at the rink. And so I approached the, his, uh, so I approached the driver's side window from the back of the car and I walked up until I was parallel to the window, but Doyle just kept staring straight ahead. He didn't notice me there. So I stood there for a second and then I just reached my hand up and I just wrapped my knuckles lightly on the window and he didn't respond. So I waited a second and I knocked again, just a little bit louder. And the second time I knocked, Doyle kind of, he kind of started a little bit and he looked to his left, kind of did a double take and then like he was a little confused or something. And then he realized I was standing there and he just looked at me through the window and it was kind of, it was an unusual response for him. It wasn't his usual sort of warm recognition, how you doing kind of greeting. And I motioned with my finger, like, you know, roll the window down because the window was up and I couldn't speak to him. And so he cracked the window open just a little bit, which was kind of odd that he, he wouldn't roll the window down all the way. And I, so I said hi to him through the crack in the window. I just said, hey, Doyle, how you doing? And he started talking to me. And at first, I just thought that this was his usual thick Southern accent that was hard and difficult for me to understand. So I was kind of straining to catch his words. But as he spoke, I realized that the words that were coming out were a little bit jumbled and confused and uh, and slurred. And I couldn't quite I started to get a little bit concerned. I wasn't, I wasn't sure what was going on. And I said, Doyle, will you roll down the window the rest of the way? Now his left arm was right next 
to the window crank where he could have just rolled the window down the rest of the way. And he sort of looked at his hand for a moment. And then with his right arm, he reached across his whole body to lower the window the rest of the way with his right arm. And it was in that moment that it dawned on me what was going on and that he was likely in the middle of having a stroke. The non-functioning limb, the slurred speech, the confusion in his face. And I said, Doyle, are, are you okay? Are you feeling all right? And his attempt to try and speak to me confirmed what I was afraid might be happening. And I said, Doyle, you know what? I'm going to call an ambulance. And he just was looking at me and he gave a very slight nod I had my phone in my hand. I called 911. And so we were in this sports complex facility. That's where the outdoor hockey rink was. There were soccer fields and baseball fields all surrounding the area. So I phoned 911. And within a minute and a half, there was an ambulance outside of his driver's side door because they had been parked outside of a soccer game. This was apparently uh, a protocol in a small town that they had been following where during a soccer game or or a lot of activities going on in the sports complex, they send the ambulance ambulance just to kind of hang out. So they were literally a minute away. They pulled up, they got him on a stretcher, they got him into the ambulance and they took him to the hospital He was in an emergency room within something like six minutes of having had this stroke. If I had not gone over, if I had not followed through on his follow through, he may have died. And as it turned out, he got to the emergency room in time to where the the brain damage he suffered was quite minimal. He remained functional and healthy for quite a few years after that. His daughter, who is the obviously the mom of my son's good friend, who I knew, his daughter was just eternally grateful to me. There wasn't a single time I could ever see her where she wouldn't come up and give me a big hug and thank me for saving her father's life. But as I've explained to her before, what saved Doyle's life was his own presence and his follow through in relationship to his grandson and the kids. His way of being and his demonstration of the priority of relationship is what actually triggered me and modeled to me the importance of that and had me responding to him as it just so happened in a moment that was crucial. I know for me, when I think about accomplishing goals, achieving results and outcomes and the idea of follow through, I often don't think of relationship as a form of follow through that has high merit. And it's important for me to tell stories like this and to remember 
examples such as Doyle, people in my life who remind me that relationship, being human with each other, showing up for each other and following through with our presence is as important a kind of follow through as any other kind of follow through. Doyle passed away years ago now, but it's certainly important to keep the memory of those whose follow through are examples of genuine kindness and generosity between human beings. So today, I tell Doyle's story as a way of carrying forward his example and the impact that he had on other human beings in this world. And as you pursue whatever your chosen form of follow-through is that I have invited you to over this 21 days, I hope that your follow-through includes other human beings and people the way Doyle included other people in his life. So on that note, I'll sign off. Thanks again for listening. This has been episode 15 of the Follow Through Formula podcast. And I'll be back for the last six sessions of podcasting. Be back with you tomorrow and speak with you then. Hey, thanks for being here and being a die-hard listener down to the last decibel. My vision for these conversations is that you get informed and inspired to take consistent action on the real you. If these podcasts help you to do that, I'm thrilled. And if you'd like to take that work to the next level, I invite you to join me inside the Life Leap community, where I'm creating a culture and a support network for those who want to pursue what matters most in their lives. To learn more, just go to gamesforconfidence.com and click on the Life Leap menu item. I'd love to see you on the inside, and otherwise, I'm sure we'll meet again in another episode.